The following program is rated TVMALV. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Here we go, Barflies. Welcome to the Barfly Tailgate Show. You already know it's done by Barflies for Barflies and all the other Bears fans out there. Well, fellas, we made it. We made it through the offseason. We made it through the preseason. The next time we see our Chicago Bears, they will be lining up against the hated Green Bay Packers in two short weeks. And I, for one, cannot wait. I'll be completely honest with you guys. I'm going to need to pull from you a lot because NFL Network, although they showed it live the last two weeks, did not show it live to me yesterday, and I had to work. So all I've seen is the box score and a couple of highlights. So I'll be pulling from my resources to know exactly what happened yesterday. But uh, let's let's hit some intros and tell everybody how we're doing this morning and uh, how our week was. I'll start with Chris, and I'll go around the room this way. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Hi, hi, guys. Always great to be back with you, man. And hello to everybody in the chat. And uh, you know me, mate. You is your week of ducking and diving and just trying to keep it all together. But yeah, always great to be uh, talking football with you boys. And it's good to see that Jordan didn't get, didn't get blown away on the West Coast. So he's back and he, he looks like he's in one place. So uh, yeah, it's always great to be back. And yeah, there's quite a lot to talk about. So it should be a good show. I think so too. KB, I know you got a wild house going on over there. How you doing this morning? Man, your boy doing good, man. You know, you know starting to shake back from the 48, but your boy feeling good, man. You know what I'm saying? Caught a little bit of the game. Can't we talk about it? Yeah, yeah. KB had to work the last two days in a row. So he's a he's a trooper for us this morning. Uh I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if I'd be on here <laughs> if I did that. <laughs> Jordan, out west. What's up, brother? How you doing this morning? Fellas, good morning. Always good to see you. Chat, Tareem, Matthew, Jeremy, uh, Cornelius. Appreciate you all being here. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm making light of it. We'll always have something to talk about. But AC, you did yourself a favor. You really didn't miss much of anything. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, the game yesterday was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, Cornelius said I missed an underwhelming performance. Uh, 
I mean, what I did see, though, and I'd like to lead off with this, is uh, I saw a nice little pass from Justin Fields to DJ Moore. We continue to see this connection, and I think this bodes well for us in the regular season. I mean, the two times we've seen them in live action, one was a 60-yard touchdown and the other one was DJ Moore just – I mean, the dude's a monster. He grabs the ball from the, from the fucking turf and – Turns around, turns upfield, breaking tackles. I mean, my, my guy, I'm so happy we got a number one wide receiver. Uh, so I, that was the biggest thing for me that I saw. Like I said, all I saw was really highlights, and I saw that, and they showed a Darrington Evans run against our fourth string, fifth string guys. So I, uh, other than that, I, I'm not sure what all I missed. Um, what do you guys – are you guys as excited about DJ Moore as I am, or am I – I can't be alone at this, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm so excited to see how this guy's going to put out this year. It's sort of, you know, what we've had to put with in the receiving core for the last couple of seasons, and now we've actually got a bona fide number one. What seems in this moment in time that every time he catches the ball, he goes 40, 50 yards. But uh, I'm glad Justin did. I'm glad Justin made that for her because. And his previous passing, I felt like he was rushing it quite a lot to me. He was rushing his reads and trying to get the ball out really quick. Uh, there was, you know, a few so were quite down for to, for receivers. But uh, DJ, oh man, he's like a ray of sunshine. He's absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What do you What do you think, Jordan? Are you excited to see the one plus two equals six connection I, this this year? I'll tell you what, I mean, it was probably, I mean, it wasn't probably, it was the best moment of the game yesterday. And I mean, that's not a bad thing, but this is supposed to tell you what type of game it was. But, and I don't mean to jump into maybe we, you had this question later, but the thing that I come back to thinking of these last three, four weeks is that DJ Moore to me is probably the best wide receiver uh, that the Bears have ever had. I mean, like, let's just be real here. I mean, it's, I know that it's a different body style. It's a different type of Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall came in later in his career. You have Johnny Knox. You have Devin Hester. Different explosiveness, things of that sort. But when you're talking about just the absolute best wide receiver in Chicago Bears history, I think it's probably DJ Moore. And that's a little embarrassing that it's taken 100 years to get here. But when you actually think about it, I just don't think there's really much of a comparison. Who's the? I mean, what's the next best receiver? Maybe Curtis Conway back in the 90s, early 2000s? Like – I'd say Willie Galton. Willie yeah, Galton. I was, was going to say, someone's going to throw out Willie Galton in the chat, I'm sure. <laughs> and I hear you, but I I don't know. I, I guess in different eras, it's always hard. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, the, last, the last thing I'd say about uh, DJ Moore is just that, to me, I, and I had DJ Moore as the comp a while ago, but now that you've really seen Jamar Chase turn into who he is, I think the only difference between he and DJ Moore is that DJ Moore's just never had the right quarterback to go with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, we'll see if Justin Fields is that guy. I know all Bears fans are ready to go that Justin Fields is him. We'll see. But to me, I mean, I don't think it's hyperbole. I really do believe that DJ Moore is akin to Jamar Chase. They're roughly the same size, same explosiveness. They get yak like nobody else, really good contact balance, can play X receiver, even though they're not your traditional X archetype at 6'3", 6'4". Um, so to me, it's it's very clear he's been the best player of all preseason for the Chicago Bears. It's very clear he's the best player on the Chicago Bears. And I, 
people, and I promise I'll end with this, people get so antsy about, like, I, I remember Danny from our own network getting so antsy about, why didn't why didn't Ryan Pohl snag that 39th pick from Scott Fitterer in the trade back from one to nine? And Because as much as we all love picks, picks don't mean anything until three, four years down the road. And I, I know this sounds, again, like hyperbole, but even if you went from one to nine and all you got was DJ Moore, that to me is like the ultimate just queen on the chessboard hmm. because you've got a receiver that's 25 years old under financial control. He signed right. the deal before receivers got expensive. You know he's a proven commodity. You're already seeing the returns in what, 10 snaps in the preseason? Like to me, it's – it's and I'm you, you, you fellas know me. I'll be harsh when I don't like what's going on, and I have plenty of things like that to say. But kudos to Ryan Poles and Luke Getzey and the Bears staff for finding a way to pull DJ Moore away from the Panthers. And now I'd argue that the Bears have the best receiver in their franchise history. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's really tough to compare generations. And we hear this with uh, Jordan versus LeBron. It's a, it's a completely different game now. I mean, if you put – I've always said with the way the game is now, if you put Devin Hester – in the way the game is now, he would be a lot more successful than he had to be back then where you had to be a big physical guy who could go across the middle and take those hits. You don't need that anymore because they're not allowed to touch you. If Hester was able to play in today's game, it's very possible that he would be looked at as one of our best receivers of all time. There's a special place in my heart for Brandon Marshall and the connection that he had with Jay Cutler. I know a lot of people are – it's a mixed bag with Jay Cutler. You know, some, throw, some throws looks incredible, and some throws you're like, what is he looking at? And that was always the issue with Jay, the gunslinger. The definition of the gunslinger was Jay Cutler. Uh, and, and then, of course, um, people that were around when the 85 Bears were prevalent would talk about Willie Galt and what he did for uh, Jim McMahon back then, you know. So it's really difficult to uh, compare different time frames of the NFL, but I definitely am loving everything I'm seeing out of DJ Moore. And as I said before, I've watched DJ Moore. When they first drafted him out of Maryland, I was like, I don't know about this guy, but Steve Smith Sr. was on the NFL Network's draft coverage, and he was like, They've been looking to replace me since I retired, and I think they finally did. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy just puts up numbers no matter who's throwing him the ball. They had Sam Darnold. They had Cam Newton. They had um, Baker Mayfield. They had P.J. Walker. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But no matter who was throwing him the ball, the guy just puts up numbers. So, obviously, he's one of those talents at wide receiver that can – raise the level of play of their quarterback, which is exactly what we're looking for with Justin Fields with his contract coming up in a year or two. He's going to have to prove that either this year or next year, you're the guy we're going to pay you, or we got two first-round picks next year, fellas. If it doesn't click this year, who knows what polls might do. Uh, Are you sure one of the picks ain't for Christian Jones? <laughs> I, was, I, I just had to do it. I had to poke it's, it. It's possible. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be against it, honestly. <laughs> KB, hey, talk talk to me about DJ Moore a little bit, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about. I mean, if you want um, to talk Chris Jones, we can talk Chris Jones. Oh, uh, I got you. I got you. I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and double down on Jordan's sentiment, man. Uh, 
DJ Moore might be the best receiver the Bears have, have ever had, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the franchise's history. And that's not to sit there and say I'm comparing him to Marshall or, you know what I'm saying, something like somebody like that. You have to, like I said, we take it into the totality of things. DJ Moore's 25. When we got Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall was like, what, 27? I didn't even say 27. He was like maybe 28, 29. You knew he was on the, the back end of his career. It wasn't the Brandon Marshall in his prime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Brandon Marshall was still a menace. Brandon Marshall still demanded that, that hey, I need a corner and a safety over me type deal. He, You had double-team Marshall. Uh, and to me, in my era of play, I think the next closest person, if you don't go the trade route, would have been Alshon Jeffrey. Now, we knew how the Alshon Jeffrey story played out. Came out the gate slow. Marshall gets here. He picked up, and then he started to look like something. But as soon as he started to look like something, it was, all right, Alshon Jeffrey's out the door. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So, and that's not even to say that he's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time or nothing like that. But he's he's the the like the only example I think we have of our era of a wide receiver that was here, homegrown. Actually, was homegrown. But then, as soon as he the talent started to show, he 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 pieced out. I'm good. This team isn't going anywhere. I'm straight. So you get you get DJ Moore, who can literally run every route. He. Has the breakaway speed, you know what I'm saying? I, I think they say he ran like a 4-4. My man looks like gang speed. It looks like he runs a fucking 4-2. You see my man pull away from people. Uh, he And he's he's it's solid because he, he's solid. He's built almost like a running back. So he's hard to take down. And you've seen that in one of the um, in the catch that happened yesterday. He slips the tackles and he's he's out and he's gone. Uh I'm I'm excited to see how the season plays out. Uh, you know, we we all pray for health for players to make sure they make it through the full season. But you got to realize this this kid was doing what DeAndre Hopkins was doing. He was putting up putting up his numbers with nobody throwing him the ball. Uh, so I'm excited. It, it was nice to see. It's clear that he he might be the best player on offense, and that's saying a lot because last year we know the best player on the field pretty much last year was Fields. Yeah. And now that was anybody that sat there and tried to say anything different was a fucking lie. So I'm like I said, I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to see the offense not be vanilla. So I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping once we see we see what the offense really is, then we'll start to see what we heard in training camp with balls being thrown deep and touchdowns being called and whatnot. So yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm excited to see it, man. Yeah. So Jace Hayner says. Bears need to fix the old line before they spend money on Jones. Center and guard positions will need real depth. Uh, I know Whitehair hurt his hand. They had to move him to guard. They moved Lucas Patrick in the center, and then he only did like two padded practices before he got hurt again. I don't know if the Lucas Patrick thing's going to work. I think he might be a guy that we see cut in a couple of days or given some sort of injury yeah. settlement. I don't know how all that works. Everybody is hurt. Doug Kramer apparently Doug walked Kramer out with went a, in and then got hurt. Yeah, They say he had a, a cast on his arm and wrist. No, but we do need to remember, uh, I think cut day is Tuesday. That's the day that teams have to cut down from 90 teams to 53, I believe. Uh, so and and we have the first waiver claim, so we might see quite a few waivers for the Bears picking up offensive linemen. Um, I, I, we need a center, we need a guard because Tevin can't stay healthy. I'm sorry, Jordan. I know it's your guy. But no, it's fair. 
He, uh, the, the guy can't stay healthy. Um, I mean, you're, you, you pencil in Leatherwood, I guess at left guard, uh, he hasn't moved. So I guess that means he's doing okay there. Uh, at the very least he's staying decently healthy. I haven't heard anything about him being hurt, but he's staying yeah, healthy. Um, uh, I mean, right tackle, we draft Darnell right. And apparently he's got an ankle issue, which man, it's just, I, I literally, Got tired of looking at my phone this week because every time I looked at it, there was another person. And I was like, what the – we're not even at week one yet, fellas, you know? And it, was, and it wasn't even just, like they were like, oh, it's hurt all over the place. No, nah, bro, it's literally D.O. line. It's <laughs> Well, like, it's the ultimate sods look at it that we've got all these nice new weapons for Justin Fields and then the offensive line breaks down like it has. It's sort of like I he's like somebody upstairs go uh, is there somebody upstairs a Packers fan or something? It's just sort of like what's going on? But uh I mean I mean the coaches are sort of saying that a lot of them should be ready for week one, but it's just been I mean they were down to the fourth centre like yesterday in the game. So uh, I mean the depth is gone. I mean it's just that's what I was really worried about when they played Justin yesterday. I just thought you know, he's just going to get absolutely flawed up the middle or something. But, um, yeah, that is my biggest concern going into week one is our offensive line. And also, yeah. I'd say second is the defensive line as well because yesterday they were quite soft up the middle a few times. And, uh, you know, we didn't get the pressure on like we did during the first pre-season game. So, both lines to me are sort of, you know, really sort of concerns to me. Yeah. Yeah, and and we got to remember how many draft picks the Packers have put into that defensive line that we're going to play week one. It's a lot of first round picks and early draft picks that they've invested into their defensive line. And if you got, you know, practice squad guys trying to block them, it's it's not going to be pretty for us. So I definitely think uh, we'll be looking at the waiver wire. Uh, maybe we'll get some former Packers in here again because we run their offense. So if there's guys that Getsy knows like, hey, this dude can play or even look out for Steelers guys because our offensive line coach came from Pittsburgh. So um, that'll definitely be something I'll be watching for Tuesday, bringing in some offensive linemen. I don't know if there's a lot of defensive linemen that'll be that we can sneak in and grab, honestly. Um, KB, did your cousin play yesterday? Did he play a whole lot or – he, I, mean, um, I got to watch the first drive. It looks like I was at work and we had got a call mm-hmm. like right when the game started. Which, uh, I think <laughs> I seen him out there for the first drive. He's playing. Yeah. They pulled him, I think, after like seven plays. Yeah, I was going to say when I came back and I watched, it was like the entire fucking first team defense was gone and saved for like uh, Tucker Stevenson and like a couple of people. Yeah, so, I'm, not, I'm not dogging on, on Billings, but they pulled everybody after Josh Allen. It was just like, you guys suck. Watch how I just uh, dig yeah. and I just cook on you all that. So they were like, all right, let's pull them. Yeah, it's, ama- uh, it's amazing what no pass rush will do for you. Yeah. <laughs> you probably want to see what those young guys got too. I mean, we talked about uh, Dexter last week and, and Pickens and Bell and uh, Terrell Lewis has been trying to cut. So they're probably still trying to – because. I heard an interview on Hogan Johns with Ryan Poles, and he said, you know, cut day is going to be tough this year. It's going to be tough to choose between this player or that player if they're similar or because we've raised the floor of our team. Just 
I mean, we had to. <laughs> there was no other way about it. When we're, if you're a bad team, raising the floor of your team is easier than than uh, breaking through the ceiling. You know, so uh, uh, that'll be that'll be something to watch. <clears throat> um, I just, uh, as far as the game goes, yesterday, like I said, I didn't watch it. I looked at the box score. I didn't see a ton. So it's really difficult for me to come on here and and talk about it. Um, what uh, did Roshan Johnson look good, or what uh, yeah. what all did I miss? I mean, I'd have to say Buffalo was definitely the best team we played in the preseason. But they started off and like just started rolling down on their first drive. They just looked elite. They really did it. Like wow. But um, yeah, Roshan Johnson, man, he played really well, really well. What are you two laughing at? Uh, I'm I'm laughing, Chris, just because you're not wrong. Oh, I thought you were laughing at me. <laughs> no, no, I'm laughing, Chris, because you're not wrong. You're absolutely. Yeah, the KB is doing something funny, and then Jordan's laughing with KB. Oh, they're all they're all like on a conspiracy trip. So I just thought I'm just gonna cut it off. <laughs> no, 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 Chris, I was laughing. I was laughing only because. I've lost my track anyway. <laughs> Chris, I was laughing just because I don't I don't think it's ever I mean it's, I guess it is funny, that's why I'm laughing. But I'm rather embarrassed to watch the team I root for look like the JV team as the Buffalo Bills are just marching. And like I said, it's no disrespect to to big Andrew Billings or anybody else, but I and like I said, I'm gonna try to keep it positive energy here for all of you, but I'm really very unhappy with the last three weeks and uh I could go on a bunch of different rants. I mean, what about about the injuries and how I what I, the way I think about injuries to how personnel was used to the coaching decisions and the, the offense that they were rolling out. And I just there's a lot of things I'm not very happy with. And you're I was laughing because you're not wrong, Chris. We did watch Josh <laughs> Allen and the Buffalo Bills look like a properly run organization, um, and it's sure. I understand that Josh Allen stirs the drink. I understand he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. If it wasn't him or Justin Herbert, I and I know I always veer, I always zag when everybody zigs. So I understand Patrick Mahomes the best. I always admit that, but I probably wouldn't take him. I take I'd go a different route just because I like what Josh Allen has. I understand he's the straw that stirs the drink, but I also saw Kyle Allen look like a star in there as well. So it's, it's just one of those things that, I mean, same a di- different Allen, same last name, throwing a different jersey number. looks almost like the same player playing out there. So it's just – it's a situation where you can't help but look at the Bears and go, what is, what is what are we doing here? It, it, you look you look disorganized. You look like shit, to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know, to your point of – and I'll stop here because, like I said, I can go down 100 of these. The, the question about Roshan is Roshan always looks good. But, right. I mean, again, how many times are we going to say, hey, is – might be your number one. No, yeah, Wilson keeps looking good. Cool. Let's keep throwing him behind the third string offensive line. See what he does. What are we doing here? What are we doing? I'm just, I, you know, and it's weird because sometimes they get it. Hey, Bajan looks really good. Let's go ahead yeah. and give him the second team reps and see see what happens. And we can talk about that. That's probably one of the more positive things. But yesterday felt like a fever pitch dream of what are we doing here? What Tyler Scott's your fourth round pick, and I get he's returning kicks and everything. He took a couple big hits, but. He's not really playing much receiver. I get he had a tough time with the drop. He fumbled in the first game. Hasn't really done much since at receiver. Bayless Jones is hurt. The The rookie DTs play okay. They're fine. They're not bad. There's It's not bad. It's not great. They're just, you know, on schedule. It just feels like I, I didn't actually understand or I don't feel like we were able to 
glean a lot of information from the game yesterday. And I feel like, to be quite frank, and the Colts one felt a lot the same. It was like, well, what? Mm. You pulled Bajan after, what, a couple drives. You could have played him longer. You know, you're playing Peterman half the game. You played Fields for 10 plays in the first game, if that. They were all behind the line. Like, I just – I don't – fundamentally, I don't agree with a lot of the things that are going on at Alice Hall recently. That's that's me. Man, since you're not going to say it, I'll say it. We looked like shit yesterday, okay? First, first of all, <laughs> the, the the coaching kills me, all right? For, for what Jordan was saying, Kyle Allen, for one, did look like Josh Allen. It was legit a point in the game where I came back and I'm looking. And I'm like, okay, clearly we have our second string again. Why the fuck is Josh Allen still in? Why? Why? Because dude is literally dicing the defense up. It there looked like no change. It just looked like they swapped numbers and he was somebody different. Hmm. So you get this bland defense out there. It the soft fucking zone coverage they keep wanting to run is is driving me beyond up a wall, bro. Uh, why are we fucking nine yards off when it's third and three? All this other shit, bro. I, I will never understand it, but they keep doing it. Uh, you know, the defensive line, they the push up the middle wasn't there. Uh, yeah, you had a, a, a few good pass rushes off the edge from uh, from Gibson, but you know, apparently he's on a fucking trade block all of a sudden. Uh, they, told him, they told him to go find a trade partner, yeah. So, the, the, the thing that kills me about the coaching, they put Justin Fields on a pitch count of 13 plays, okay. Your first drive, he goes three and out. Second drive, I believe he, he went three and out. But they, they had a clear and obvious pass interference that should have been called on DJ Moore that did not get called. Next drive he comes in, you start to get a little bit of something, and then he gets popped, understandably, and then next play he's not out there. Why aren't you letting Justin Fields finish his fucking drive? Thir- to tell me that 13 players was his pitch count, for one, whoever does fucking odd numbers. The only people that do that shit are <laughs> communists and serial killers, okay? Uh, so, I gotta pull that. Thir- 13, fucking, 13 fucking plays. You have an odd number set plays. You take him after he has a big hit and he's inside the red zone. Nah, bro. The, the eyes can see. I, I can see what I'm seeing. Y'all got worried. Y'all got scared. And y'all pulled that man after he took a pop. That's what it was. Just come out and say the shit. Don't say, oh, well, it was the pitch count. No, I want no fucking pitch count. He got popped. Let's just be honest with it. It's football. It's going to happen. But to see the non-success of the first team offense was kind, of, was kind of fucking staggering. I get it. They took a couple deep shots. Deep shots didn't connect. If the deep shots did not connect, let Fields stay in there. Let him have a scoring drive going into the Packers game. We didn't get to see a scoring drive. Then you get the nonsense of of what whatever the hell they are doing with Tyson Bajan. I listen. He to me he he's quarterback too. To, at this point, PJ Walker played himself out of a of a second job. I mean a, a second string starting job, whatever fuck you want to call it. Bajan is your number two. Roshan Johnson should be the starting quarterback. I mean running back. Khalil Herbert takes if you want to say the ball's a little bit above his head, whatever the fuck, hit him in the hands on one of the drives. It would have probably been a short yard, like maybe a three or four yard game, but it's still three or four yards. That's on the schedule. Hits the ball, hits him directly in the hands for fields. He drops it. Gets popped by Milano. Bro, you're you're supposed to be the starting running back, bro. We can't you can't miss the layups. That's a layup. 
That's helping Phil stay on schedule. Yeah. As much as I love Herbert, the, the skill set is there. He is not a starting running back. There are times he was missing blocks. He still hasn't figured that out. He, he is your change of pace back. He's exactly what he was last year. You bring him in after Roshan breaks a three or four yard run so he can break off the 50 yard. That's his job. That's his role. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a running back by committee. Roshan Johnson right now should be your number one running back. Hmm. But I listen, like I said, Jordan, you ain't got to say it. I said they look like shit. The coaching, I'm not understanding. <laughs> I, the, with the whole defensive line thing, Zach Pickens has looked a lot better than what uh, Javon Dexter has, but you need to switch them. I don't care what the what the job is or whatever the fuck y'all trying to do. Dexter needs to go to go to nose tackle, and Zach Pickens needs to be your 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 fucking rush D tackle, whatever the fuck it's called. But mm. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, one of these teams is a Super Bowl contender, and the other one's in the middle of a rebuild. So. Maybe that's part of what we saw um, on the on the field yesterday. Uh, it kind of sucks because we we had higher hopes than that this year, especially bringing in DJ Moore. And as I said, the pressure is on Fields to whether we're going to have to give him a long term contract or, or what's going to happen with that. But uh, I mean, when you got the Bills, who are a, a top team in the top conference, let's be honest, the AFC is loaded. So. Uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna just... be difficult. But but if it's a coaching issue, if it's a us problem, that's a bigger issue. I know I saw a video on it Twitter like this morning problem. where Tyler Scott was like they did a change at the line and Tyler Scott was supposed to get a screen pass, but he didn't I don't know if he didn't hear it or if he didn't know what he was supposed to be doing, but he goes out for a regular pass and Justin just has to eat it. It was one of those he tries to take off, but uh, you know, if you're trying to set up a screen pass, then you don't have protection. So uh, mm. he wasn't able to do anything with it. And uh, when you're when you're week three of the preseason and you're looking disorganized, it doesn't uh, that doesn't sound good for you know. Live bullets are coming in two weeks, and the Packers, whether it's Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Bart Starr. It don't matter. They're coming to beat the Bears. That's their that's their goal. That's been their goal since 1919 when they started the damn franchise. So uh, <laughs> they're not going to take it easy on us in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be in front of the whole world. I believe that's a four o'clock game on Fox. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be watching that ball game. And if Justin doesn't look good, we're going to hear it for all week. Is Justin the guy in Chicago? You're going to hear Colin Cowher. You're going to hear NFL Live. You're going to hear all these guys are going to talk about that game because that is America's game of the week in week one. And I just hope we got to get our shit together, man. That's all there is to it. I mean, they said they look good in practice against the Colts, and I was like, okay, well, if you don't want to play your starters, then don't play your starters. And then this week they said they were going to, and like KB said, fields gets popped and they pull them, you know. Uh, Mike Tomlin was on a press conference. I saw it this morning where they said, why are you playing your starters in the preseason? And he said, well, you don't box without sparring first. You're not just going to go out there. And I thought that was a perfect quote from one of the best coaches in the league today. You know, this is a guy who's never finished below 500 and he's going to put his guys out there. I don't know if you I, – I, I mean, you know you know me, fellas. I'm Mr. NFL. But I don't know if you understand, for the chat even, how the Pittsburgh Steelers run camp. 
They are like truly, and I'm not saying they bend the rules, but you can listen to any NFL correspondent, anybody that's out there. Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Andy Reid's another one that gets talked about this way. But in Latrobe, where they do training camp, they hit like full speed, full pad. Because here's the thing, they don't they don't hit when you can't. That's what I'm saying. They're not bending rules. But there's none of this grab ass where you kind of wrap them up and then we let go or we tag them and then. No, when it's pads day, you put helmet into their chest and you drive them to the ground. It's full tackles. And there's all of a sudden you start seeing them playing preseason. Everybody looks sharp and they're ready to go. They're not missing tackles. You're not having Darrington Evans run everywhere. All of a sudden, and I know that sounds, oh, it's so dangerous. But there's a certain point, too, where the body learns to adapt. Um, Yeah, and Matt's saying he's been there. Absolutely. It's there's a certain point where the body begins to adapt. And there's a reason too, why the Pittsburgh Steelers come out looking ready to go every year. And it's, this is just half the problem where I, I just don't think a lot of things make a lot of sense. I I love Justin Fields. I don't know what the kid has done to earn a training camp, mostly off where you all of a sudden think he doesn't need to play or, you know what? We're just going to offer up screens. And I mean, God, it felt like the preseason of screens, which I know we all love screens. We haven't had them in Chicago, but I'd like to see some semblance of an offense. Yeah. And I'm not even a Matt Canada. Matt Canada is the Steelers offensive coordinator. He's probably one of my least (laughs) offense coordinators, but I at least get to see, I mean, you want a drastic example. I don't expect bears fans to go watch Steelers football, but Kenny Pickett put on a show this preseason and it wasn't, because I thought that they were doing anything extraordinary with their offense, but this is what KB's talking about. This is what I'm trying to talk about is you can look across the NFL and see teams that look properly prepared. And that is an issue when you talk about this is the hits philosophy coach and he's an adult in the room and he's going to hold this team accountable and they're going to have their stuff going in the right way. And all the I's are going to be dotted and their T's are going to be crossed. I don't think you see that with this team presently. And that's a problem. I mean, this is Mr. Hits, right? And we've yeah. got Tyreek Stevenson, who I love, and he looks undisciplined. He's missing interceptions. He's getting penalties. You're you're you've got your head on straight, but you're playing players out of position with Pickens and Dexter for like some little experiment. I mean, there's a hundred areas I could go, but mm-hmm. to me, it's just it's problematic. And I'll touch briefly on the injuries because I think. That's a very easy one to, to, to fall under the trap of. I, let me start with my philosophy. I think the injuries, I'd say about 85% of injuries are just bad luck. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. So yeah. is there a certain percentage of that's just happening with the Bears? Absolutely. It happens to a lot of teams. Some years you're healthier than not. But I also can't help but look at a lot of the injuries, and I think the other 15% of the equation is players and staff players it's your diet it's your working out it's you know how you're taking care of your body staff it's making sure that you're not pushing people too hard you're making sure that they're recovering your trainers are keeping an eye on them measuring their workload and when you look at what's going on in the bears you've got muscle injuries you've got not tears because tears are just things that you know you've overexert and things happen you've got strain you've got pulls i understand you break a bone you break a hand those things though you know guess what that's luck. But when you're pulling muscles and you're straining muscles, whether it be strained calves from Tevin or you've got Claypool who can't run full speed 
or something's going on with Valus or Eddie Jackson or Jaquan Brisker or Tremaine Edmonds. I know Edmonds was back yesterday, looked rusty. But that to me says that something is going on with your training staff, mm. with your practice schedule. When everybody has muscle issues more than, and I know we have a couple where Kramer's hand looked bad. I don't know what's going on with Patrick. I mean, and who knows? Maybe it's, it's, you may have some that are concussion related, but that's the thing too. And, and not that I know everybody says, well, the Bears don't owe you anything, but it's a little ridiculous too when you play it so close to the vest that you have players out and nobody knows what's going on because you won't talk to a reporter. You won't say anything. Right. So it's just, and I get it. He doesn't owe us anything, but this is. That just st- leads to speculation though. All that's going to do is it leads to the Chicago media who have, we've been down. Let's not beat around the bush. I and mean, look at our, our win loss total in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And it's not good. We haven't been to the Super Bowl since Peyton Manning was playing for the Colts, you know. Well, so, and this is the last thing I see. I'll be real quick about this. We heard Ryan Poles yesterday. They asked him, and I, I mean, good job on Jim Miller, whoever it was, asking him, "What's the situation? Are, are, you, are you hoping to get the whole offensive line together to play in front of your quarterback? And wouldn't that be something interesting?" And I just couldn't help but sit there, and I almost like I was the whole like Arthur meme where he's like grabbing his clenching his fists, just because I'm sitting here going. If you weren't trying to hold out certain players from playing, maybe you wouldn't have missed the train before it left the station. Mm. I mean, yeah, Nate Davis would have probably not been there at the time, and that's its own issue. That's that's but a there was, question there was, mark at, yeah. at the at the very least. I mean, the, the, to bring this guy in and he doesn't like to practice. Mm. What kind of offensive guard you're supposed to love contact? You want contact? They live for pad days. And he's just if and that's the, the issue, then that's a that's an issue with signing that guy for twenty million dollars a year to come in and shore up your offensive line. And we haven't seen him. And they won't no. tell us anything. No, and I, I like I like Nate Davis, but I mean there's my point too is there was a time when Braxton was out there, uh Cody was at was at guard uh no, excuse me, Tevin was at guard, Cody was at center, and then you had I guess Nate Davis would have been out, Jatire Carter, Jatire Carter would have been there. But then you would have had Darnell Wright, too, at right tackle, and you would have had some meaningful reps available. Right. And then you decided that Justin Fields was already a made man and established, and the starting offense was already good enough that you didn't need to play them. And now we're going into week one, and, yes, there's two weeks. We'll see who heals up. But by all accounts, there's no way in hell that you're going to have the desired starting five available to protect your real offense and your real quarterback for an extended period of time. And I couldn't help but get frustrated hearing Ryan Poles go, yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to try our best and we're working towards it. And I'm going, you missed the boat, my man. Like this whole coaching staff missed the boat. You had opportunities to see and get something going. Mm -hmm. Even if you played them early and you still ended up here where they were all hurt, at least you'd know what you had. And you can tell me all day and night that practice matters and they had tons of practice reps. Yes, it would matter if you were in Latrobe uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers where you were hitting people. But in yeah. and Hallis Hall in Lake Forest, Illinois, when we're doing when we're doing uh, training camp, I, how much work are you really getting against that super vanilla zone defense, cover two that Allen Williams and Fluce love to run, and you're sitting there not getting much contact? Like it's I, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things that 
I somebody Caesar earlier had said like, are you can you guys just relax? You know, follow Aaron Rodgers and. I don't think I'm necessarily – I'm not saying that the world's going to come crashing down, but I also don't think it's fair to just say, oh, just treat preseason like it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. If you're, if you're playing games, there's something to glean from it. I mean, my, my sort of um, sort of personal feeling about it is I, I think the, the injuries have made a big difference to, to what they could do through the preseason. Because obviously, and also as well, because the offensive line, the whole unit's nearly been wiped out. They, you couldn't, you know, you know, you're not, you're not going to have certain players, or maybe you, you couldn't run certain players when you try out preseason. So, I think that the suit would be like um, a bit in shock on the offensive side, really, because of all the losses they've had with injury. It seems to me, it seems to have like took the air out of the balloon a bit. You know, because like 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 I mentioned earlier on, you know, we've got all these new weapons for just in fields, and you know, if we could just get an offensive line, what could hold it together, even at a, a moderate standard, that has to be the best in the country in the league. Right. Sorry, but we've got that now, and I feel like that sort of made a lot of difference in this sort of. I mean, I agree with you, Joe. That I, I did feel, especially last week's game against the Colts, that just felt so disjointed and sort of like, what what were the idea behind what they wanted to get out of that, that game? Do you know what I mean? But um, I just I just feel like them injuries to the offensive lines really hit the offense in the mouth a bit, especially with it yeah. coming so close to this game. Yeah, and we'll get into this a little more in two weeks. But my co-host on the Twelve Ounce Crow Route podcast, Kyle Bush. Says well, the Packers continue to own the Bears with Rodgers in New York. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, I had higher hopes in the offseason than I have had since actually seeing them play this preseason. I haven't seen anything other than like week one when we took some screens to the house. Like that was the most excited I've been as a Bears fan this entire offseason. Uh, and and he's being sarcastic here, obviously. You know, he's a Packers fan and. He's my co-host on a different show, and you can find it on the Daily Football Roundup every Wednesday. But uh, I just it, – it, and, again, we'll talk about it more in two weeks, but it, it's definitely going to be a question. Are we going to be ready for the Packers in two weeks? And uh, like I said earlier, they're not – Adam Stanovich is going to run the ball down this defense's throat. And, I mean, I like I said, I – I, you you let you let your cousin know, KB, that I'm I'm not even like trying to poke at him. I'm just saying I'm challenging the bear. Like they're gonna run it down your throat, and it's gonna be incumbent on people like Andrew Billings and Justin Jones and Javon Dexter. And I know, I like don't get me wrong, they're gonna try to take a couple shots on Tyreek Stevenson to Christian Watson, but for the most part, I think Adam Stenovich is the new offensive coordinator for the Packers is gonna try to test the spine of this defense, and they're gonna try to run on it. And everybody's like, okay, cool. What? No, it's not cool because the reality is. Everything that you've seen from the starters, and it's only been a few drives, and this is again the issue. Mm-hmm. You, somehow you think you have made men all over this roster, right. like you're just the worst team in the league. You've had three drives of the starting defense, and every time they've been able to run the ball. You had Ty J mm-hmm. Spears cutting up the defense. You had yesterday. You had uh, James Cook and Josh Allen running all over the yard. Like they had to pull them after seven plays because it just looked like holy, holy shit, this doesn't look good. So. I'm not telling you that the Green Bay Packers are just going to run and steamroll the Bears, but I'm telling you, I don't think, I think if people think that the Bears just are going to all of a sudden beat them because number 12 isn't there, I think that you're mistaken. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, and and four thousand clover says watch Jordan Love play. I don't think it comes down to Jordan Love. I think it comes down to the two headed monster they have in the backfield. They got two young receivers who are both really good. And as I said earlier, they've invested a ton of early draft picks in their defense. You got Jair Alexander who L's down. I hate Louisville, so fuck you, Jair Alexander. But um, he's one of the best corners in the league. You got Quay, uh, who was it, Quay Walker, I believe, that they got from the Georgia defense. I liked him a lot in college. They uh, Rashad Gary, who's looking for another contract, so he's going to be trying to play out of his mind this year. I mean, the offensive line is our issue, man. That's the that's the big thing. And if we don't get it shored up in two weeks, I don't think it'll be ugly like the Tressman era ugly because Justin Fields has been able to make chicken salad out of chicken shit before. But uh, I, it's not going to be pretty. I know that. I mean, we're going to have to. And, and in a screen game, when you got a great corner – it, it, they're there. Like we saw with Tyreek Stevenson, he plays very aggressive, and I like to see that. But sometimes that aggression, and that's something else we should talk about. Mm. I like Tyreek Stevenson. I like what I've seen out of him. But if he's getting flagged already mm. in the preseason as a rookie, he's going to build a mm. uh, uh, reputation in the league of this is a guy to watch for after plays. Keep your eyes on him. Listen to what he's saying, and that you don't you can't give up 15 yards because this guy wants to talk and hit after the play and knock people out of bounds i like your aggression when they throw a screen and you break through that block and make that tackle that's fantastic but when you're knocking people out of bounds and you're being grabby on the line and you're gonna get flagged in this league uh, this is an offensive league they they skew all the rules toward the offensive side of the ball Unless so it's the Bears. Already, what's that game? I said unless it's the Bears. And then you know we don't we don't get past we don't get defensive interference and shit on pass calls. So it, it is what it is. I just I, and I'm only laughing because I'm just I mean it, I'm, 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 my my brain is weird, fellas. Like I'm sitting here thinking back to there's a couple corners like Sauce, JC Horn. JC Horn was the one that got a lot of shit coming out of the draft where they were like, he's just gonna be a walking flag. Like, no matter what J.C. Horn does, he's just going to be grabbing everything and all the flags are going to come out. And I actually don't think we've seen that from J.C. Horn. He's been a good player. And as much as I'd love to give that same – this is the unfortunate part. I'd love to give that same benefit. Like, oh, no, Tyreek Stevenson, they'll let him really play when the season comes and it'll be fine. It's not the same. No, he's he's over here yanking on shirts and it's just – it's I, – I, I'm actually not killing the kid. Like, as much as it's not been great – I wouldn't like at all call him the worst player of the preseason or he looks like a disaster or anything like that. It's just, he looks like he's a rookie and he's going to have growing pains, but unfortunately he's going to have growing pains that are just like daggers in the heart every time where you can't have a, you know, you, you decided to get greedy and go up for the ball and it flies past your hand for a touchdown. And it's a learning experience. I'm glad you're a rookie and we're learning that. And nobody's talking about Super Bowl this year. That's not what I'm saying. It's not like right. we need Tyreek Stevenson to be an all-star because we need to win the Super Bowl. But it does just hurt when you're like, man, how many t- – you don't let the ball go through your hands on the interception? Like I, I said last week, I was happy he was there. He's just got to figure that out. Okay, cool. So, But you still let up a touchdown and we got to close that. Now mm-hmm. we got an interception mm-hmm. this week. But it comes with as good as the interception is and that's important – 
I also watched you directly give up a touchdown that you otherwise could have stopped if you kept running and put yourself in better position to go for a swat and not some one-handed, I batted it up and I was able to, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. It, it's, mm. it's not fun, but I mean, and I, we, we can talk about this as long as you want. Cause like I said, I have plenty of negative energy to spew about the team, but um, Tyson Bajan, can we talk <laughs> a little Tyson Bajan? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> he's one of he's one of the he's probably one of the, he was honestly the best thing about yesterday. I was gonna say it was him, and then anytime yeah. you see Roshan, that was those were my those were my highlight moments of the day. Him and yeah. Roshan. <laughs> I, I saw I saw his running touchdown. So he's got two rushing touchdowns in two weeks. He oh he should have had a passing one. Yeah, well, Fuck yeah. sense. I that saw was an interception guy. on his box score. Was the uh, yeah, and someone okay. was talking about Carlson dropping. Yeah. A, a oh dime. my god! So uh, what happened on the interception though? I because like I said, I haven't seen. I just looked you, at the box score and highlights. Because thank you NFL Network for fucking everybody well, who doesn't live in the Chicago well, land area. Well, oh no, it, it fucked me too. Because me living in Indiana in Elkhart, they still said that the Bears Buffalo game was out of market. <laughs> so. But, hey, hey, boys, I managed to watch it. I live 5,000 miles away. What you're about? <laughs> <laughs> but AC Buckle Up gave you a few in, but it was a wild experience watching Beji yesterday and in a good, oh, entertaining way. It was. It was. This was in a three game. This was in a, a, a three play span. Okay. <laughs> you have a big play. The big play was what the touchdown should have been. Right? Beautiful ball. Draws back. Has Carlson wide open down the scene? Wide open. He was it puts, a deep ball or yeah, was it, know, it was at least what, 40 numbers. yards. It was it would have been, I mean, and I'm I didn't have the all 22, obviously, but it looked like a four verticals concept. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think the other side of the field had two deeps. So call it like even a half verticals where you just had two players basically going on nine routes, and they had what looked like single cover, single high on the field. So you had the safety having to pick which one. Uh-huh. And he ended up going over to the corner. So he had Carlson that beat the safety on the scene. And oh. actually, I don't really have much to say. It wasn't like a bad ball. It was a little more ahead of Carlson than probably what it could have been. You probably could have just put it on him. But but hold on. It was still catchable. Carlson had had he caught it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like. He 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 throws it, and it's a nice. It's it's not like the longest throw, AC, but it it's like 40 ish yards. If it's I like thirty or forty yards, man. And well, I know someone on Twitter put up every passing play that uh, that Bajan did mm-hmm. yesterday, so I have to go back and look at that after after this because mm-hmm. I'm sure it was on there. So basically, but, uh, he throws the forty yard ball, and Carlson tracks it well, but he has to extend out and dive for it. Mm-hmm. It probably didn't need to be that hard, but here's why I've given Bage the credit and not Carlson. Because Carlson does pull it in. It's it's there. He pulls it in. And as he comes down to the ground, it just kind of bobbles out the bottom. And I'm like, come on, man. It would have been beautiful. I want to say that there was a play after that, too. And KB, was it the next play was the interception, or was it two after? It was. I think, I think it was no, two no. after. Was it after? Yeah, it's true. After his next pass. Okay, so I, I don't know why I thought it was a play in between that. The interception, I'm not putting on Beijing, okay? This is why. 
there were the, the the wide receiver was supposed to run some kind of underneath slant route, it looked like, or some type of drag. And instead of going underneath the DB, he went over top. Basil was throwing to a spot. Mm. So when he let it go and the wide receiver wasn't there, it went directly to the DB. And it's just like, that's Chicago. DB's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how it went, bro. And after, in the presser, he's explaining. They're like, yo, what kind of happened on that? He kind of says it without saying it. Like, yeah, I was, I was going to this spot. This happened. He kind of got over the top. And then the DB was just there to make a play. The wide receiver was supposed to go underneath that. If he would have cut it short and just cut it in front of the DB, he would have caught it. And I mean, it would have been a catch. But yeah, instead, it's an interception. But this literally happened like boom, boom, bro. And it's like, bro, this is Chicago shit, bro. It's a big play that's either made or not made that's followed by a fucking mistake. Yeah. And it's always been like that, bro. But yeah, PZ said that Carlson dropped was a 14th point swing. So it, it was. Uh I'll say this about Bajan. And it's there is it's, it's things that I see about Bajan that I really, really like. The the one thing is the poise in the pocket. Those 2,000 passing attempts really yeah. helped that kid. Okay. Yeah. He he has no fear in the pocket. When I say he has no fear, his pocket. Like him staying in the pocket might be better than Fields. No, it's not. It's not maybe. It's not maybe. It is. It is. Okay, it is. Let me stop. It is. <laughs> instead of instead of him always looking to bail and make a play, you see him consistently climbing the pocket, he even if he be. takes a sack. But he climbs that pocket, and his accuracy compared to what we seen Fields do, Beijing Beijing has him beat too. So KB, you saying that he should start over field? No, no, no. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I'm just saying what I've seen. This is this is why I'm saying Bayesian is my number two. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you do want the experience of a game, uh, in-game quarterback like like a Walker, but it's just it's just things that pop out about Bayesian mm-hmm. that I I don't care if you can you cut him and he went unclaimed. Mm-hmm. I I'm me personally, there is no cutting him. He's number two. To to have the pocket presence that he has, the awareness, like Jordan says, the way he navigates the pocket, it's like I said, he is stepping up. And you can see it. it it's so textbook, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The the mm-hmm. definition of quarterback climb a pocket is major. You you see the what's what's my man uh Dak Prescott that, yeah. that does the, the weird little <laughs> it looks like that, bro. Him caught him, you see him throw that hip up, and then he's delivering, or you can take off. But it's it's those pieces, and it's like the same thing we said about last week. You just want a young player in here that you can groom. He's here, yeah, but he's here, and he looks better than what your backup, the guy that you paid to be the backup to be, and right. then he has the glimpses. Of things that he's even better at than Fields is, and that's not a knock at Fields, but you see the experience of I've been doing this since I was fucking three or six or whatever the fuck he said in his his presser. The 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 kid, they, <laughs> the, exactly. No, that's exactly what it is. And KB, I'm gonna let you go, but like I'm I'm gonna really like. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's it's not always about being the most talented because if it was about being the most talented. 
Trey Lance wouldn't have been traded to Dallas. Yeah. It's about the people who have crafted. That's how you get a Tom Brady. Tom Brady was never the most talented. Tom Brady was never the biggest arm. Tom Brady just exactly he he just put in the work. And that's I'm not saying Beijing is gonna be Tom Brady. By any means, people don't say that. Don't do that. What I'm saying is <laughs> you see, like 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 uh Toronto saying, you see the confidence. He's played this position and it's fucking evident. Yeah. If if I was a if I'm a I'm a wood shop crafter and I'm I'm not the best wood shop crafter in the world or whatever the fuck the case may be, but you put me out into a shop and you say we need this made, and then you see it starting to get made. It might not be as fast, it might not be as beautiful as as the best people in the world, but it's getting done. And you're like, okay, that's somebody that knows how to do his job. That's major. Hmm. So I look to me the kid the. It's always on. It's steady. It's always him moving downfield. Yes, he take he took a couple sacks. Yeah, there's a couple drop passes. Yeah, it, it, there's going to be things you don't necessarily like, and there's going to be mistakes. But you see somebody that does his job, and it, it just always looks like he's moving the offense down the field. And to me, that's all you can ask for, because that can you can get better from that. So. Tyson Bates to me, like I said, number two quarterback. I, there's no way in hell I'm cutting the kid. It's not mm-hmm. even so he can be stolen. I'm just saying I wouldn't personally cut the kid. He would be my number two. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, it yeah. seems like what he's shown in this preseason, if you do cut him, he's not making your practice squad. If a Pittsburgh calls him, that was his backyard. You know, he he's from West Virginia. That's why he went to Shepard. CHGO had his college coach on this last week. And obviously his college coach is going to wax poetically about him because, you know, he recruited him. He brought him in. He started him as a freshman. He went to church with the guy before he, before he started him in college. So it's a kid that he really grew up with, but he said that the way he prepares is like a Drew Brees. The way he prepares each week, each day of practice, he, and he had the ability to go D1 after his junior year when the transfer portal opens up and you don't have to wait anymore. You can go somewhere and start right away. He could have. He chose to stay, which shows his loyalty. And I I love the way I hear about the way he prepares, the way he plays, the way he does all the little things that you need your quarterback to do. And, yes, I know P.J. Walker has a lot more experience in this league and he's seen a whole lot more and obviously he's seen a lot more defense because Bajan's only seen the vanilla – preseason defense thus far but you can learn those kind of things in the tape room especially if you believe in your coaching staff and if there's anyone on this coaching staff I believe in it's it's our offensive coordinator and he saw him in the in the uh, senior bowl so that was the reason why they made him a priority free agent I don't know if you let this guy go and try and pull him onto your practice squad I don't no. think I don't think he's making I, bro, I, I, like I said, I'm not saying that he would be picked up because I know we we get into that too much as Bears fans. Oh my God, I can't believe we cut this guy. He's gonna be claimed and he's not. It's it's the attention to detail from the kid, and like you said, there there it was a question asked to him that it was kind of like, okay, dude, is anybody kind of shocked that that you're doing what you're doing? And, and he looks at me like, I mean, people that don't know me. 
you know, he was like, my family, my coaches, they see me playing. This is like, okay, yeah, that's he's been doing this shit for years. But he's like, there are times at camp that people kind of look at him after he made a big throw, he moved the chains, and it's like, oh, that, good job. Like, you, you, that was good. And he, and he just sitting there like, I mean, I've been doing this. So it's, it's like I said, it's, it's an encompassing thing with, the, with his confidence and the fact that he's seen a lot of defenses and he's seen a lot of formations because he's, he's had the throws, he's had the time to grow. Like I said, I I would not cut him just based off of what he's done. It's not about him being picked up. It's just you you people. He's proven that he belongs here. And when you're sitting there, you're playing him more than you're playing PJ Walker. You're playing him more than you're playing Peterman. That tells me all I need to know. He's he's proven that he should he should be your backup at this point. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, I agree, mate. I mean, the, th- the thing with me, like, through this last week, I was, like, a little bit on, th- on the fence about the guy. Just due to, you know, we've only had a small sample size and he's from a small school or whatever. But I just think he's grown on me. Like, every time I see him, he's grown on me. I like his technique. He's got great footwork. I mean, he moves in the pocket like uh, KB said. He's, he's just spot on. He's got good aware. He always seems to be in control. And, he, and, uh, and I like how he gets he get, gets rid of the ball as well. I, I just think he's got. I just think he's a really solid player. And I think one of the things what sort of changed my mind. So yeah, we should keep this guy in the squad. Is I saw the same uh, presser what KB were mentioning, and just how he came over, how we were just sort of breaking down players, and he just came over sort of confident, but not like a cocky confident. And he just looked like you know he knew. He basically he was saying, "I know I've always had the talent." But now I'm just just shocking people because you know people like don't know me, they haven't seen me from from when I played in college. So uh, yeah, I think we should definitely keep him now. Jordan, please inform us. I, I, <laughs> I'm even I waiting patiently. I love the kid, <laughs> and and I don't. I mean, it's 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 so many different parts to pick when you're talking about Tyson Bajan. And I like I I'm not even gonna. I'll, I'll call the guy out, but like somebody was over here saying some shit like. Uh, shut up, you guys are ridiculous. It's stop it. Fields pocket awareness is better than Bajent. It's let, let me talk about what I'm talking about because I and I, it's one of the worst things about us Chicago fans is like you can't even say that Justin Fields had like he, he looked at somebody the wrong way. You know, you're you're the devil if you say that. So Justin Fields is is the more enticing quarterback, the more enticing prospect. I'm not this is not some like and I'm even going to veer a little bit from KB. Like, I think that you just keep th- three quarterbacks on the roster. Because, yeah. I, I, again, my biggest thing is I cannot allow Tyson to be the second pair of eyes for Justin Fields. It just – it, It's Because – what? hey, what did you see on that, Tyson? I don't know, man. I came from D2 and I haven't played this league. What, what am I – I can't do that. <laughs> so I have to have P.J. Walker. And I'd probably even make P.J. my two before – and then let PJ lose the job. He'll lose the job. You know, hopefully he doesn't ever have to play. But if Fields were to get hurt and PJ Walker doesn't come in and play well for like a game or two, if Fields were out that long, that's when I can say, okay, hopefully it's been six, eight, nine, ten games. Now I can say, okay, if you've had, you know, most of a season to get some camp experience, now you can become number two. But for me, I'm like the whole, oh, what is he? who's what's fields better at 
I'm not at all. He's not even in the conversation. Fields is your starter. You've invested the time, the effort, the money. Fields can do things that very other, very few other quarterbacks in NFL history can do, particularly with the legs, the combination of the arm, just the the some of the ability. And Fields does escape from the pocket. There's no doubt about that. Like he's got that sweet little spin move where he kind of like dips his hip one way before back spinning out and gets out to the edge. And I mean, he had one yesterday where he broke out to the edge and it looked good. So it's not that Fields is like lost in the pocket, but what Fields is doing there is he's creating outside of the pocket. What Bajan is doing is he is maneuvering and navigating within the pocket having awareness and presence to know where the rush is coming from. He feels confident enough to climb up the pocket, keep two hands on the ball for the most part. He's been sacked a few times, holds onto the ball. He's shown some ability to climb up and then take a sidestep before then exiting the pocket. It's it's a certain level of acumen that you're seeing. And I have to assume it's from those the self-belief, the 2,000 snaps. I mean, the other thing, too, about the kid is, the perspective is just like so beautiful. I mean, they mm. think again, maybe he's putting on a, an act, but I really don't think so. Which is, they ask him, like, do you have any expectations for QB tour or whatever? And he's like, honestly, I'm just, I feel pretty excited to just be playing for the Chicago Bears. Right. And you could tell that the, I always make the joke, like, I got one foot in the, in the grave, one in the banana peel. Like, what are you going to do to me? I'm almost halfway there. Like, that's kind of what Tyson feels like. It's almost like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I've made it. Like, I, I shouldn't even be here. And so anything I do is just cherry. It, it's gravy on the top. It's cherry. So to me, I can't help but see the kid. And it's he's not even remotely the athlete that, that Justin Fields is. Right. But he gets out on the edge, and he's beating defensive ends on these rollouts. He's showing the velocity to drive the ball on these over routes. Because it's not like a lot of these flood concepts or your, your waggles, your bootlegs – you have like three levels coming, kind of coming across. Oftentimes you'll see them hit the fullback or the tight end on a little drag route. Now he's driving to the second level, which takes a little bit more um, from a quarterback. So the accuracy is there. The timing is there. Like these are, if we're talking about like, what does he actively do better than Justin Fields right now? I think it's the pocket awareness and it's some, and a lot of this is just based on his experience in the game, but it also comes down to his, and this is never going to be just a Fields game. I, I'll say it now. I'll say it for the rest of his career. It's just the the timing of playing quarterback on schedule, which is it's very much follow the the follow your footwork. Your feet are going to tell you when you need to go, when you need to throw, what read you need to be. So I'm Don Burr, get out of my chat. Hendon oh, Hooker, the best quarterback in the division year or two. Hendon Hooker played at Tennessee and and on so, offense. Does not work in this league. Yeah, Josh Hyper. They put wide standing on the sideline so your entire defense is stretched out. He doesn't have to read a fucking thing except for his wide receiver that runs a fucking 4 2. As soon as I seen it, as soon as I seen it in the chat, I said, oh shit, he's going to go off. I've never seen his side of AC before. But I'll, give, I'll give AC one that's, thing. That's Tennessee right they, there. That's they have a, they have Tennessee. a four two receiver. AC. They do have a four two receiver. His name's Jameson oh. Williams. But oh, yeah. they got him. I mean, long as he ain't, you know, the the Detroit Gamblers up there. Long as he ain't up there. I think they got slot machines in the I mean, in the lobby. 
Adeptus is really hitting the points here. Like he's saying, you know, Bajan's quarterback play already possesses what we want fields to develop. Like it's just he plays on time. He plays on schedule. He looks better playing, and he looks just in motion. Looks more like a quarterback operating an offense than Justin Fields does. And that's not to say Justin Fields looks lost or just miserable out there or, like, pitiful. But, I mean, even yesterday when Justin Fields was taking snaps back, I mean, it felt – it felt very much like it, it, it's it's adeptus put it like a tick slower. Like it's it's almost like okay, now I'm here, mm. and then now I'm here, and uh, okay, and then now I'm like like uh, here, here's two for an example. As much as we love the DJ Moore catch, he's catching it and having to drop down on a knee to get the ball, mm. and then he's making magic after. Mm. And I actually don't think that the pass to commit which was early in the game, AC. I don't know. Maybe you'll find it somewhere. It it was actually – it's not good placement, but it made sense to drop it a little lower for Komet so that he didn't get decapitated front. He was between two defenders. But it also felt like, okay, fine. Put it low, but put it low like a half a second, just a little tick quicker so that he isn't trying to bend over and grab it from the, the floor. And it's like I said, these are not it's it's not an emergency. I'm not saying that fields should be benched for these, but these are things that you aren't really seeing happen when you're watching Tyson Bajan play. Well, that's, that's I know there's true. people I know there's people in the chat talking about the backup quarterback is always popular in Chicago, this and that. We're not saying that he should start over fields. No, I no, love no, no. fields. I have a fields jersey. My son has a fields jersey. My wife just got me a football signed by Justin Fields that'll be on this wall soon. So I love Justin Fields. He's my guy. He was my guy in the draft. So I'm definitely not saying that. But Tyson Bajan has shown you enough to be kept on this roster. Uh, now, the question coming into cut days is you have injuries along the offensive line that you have to fix. You have – is it going to take away from special teams to keep a third quarterback on on this roster? What are you losing to keep that third quarterback? I know they allow you to dress three now on Sundays uh, with the new quarterback rule, but you still have to you have to have – the right amount of people on your roster and what's it going to cost you. This will, these are all, these will all be questions that are answered on, is it this Tuesday or is it next Tuesday? That's cut day. I think it's this Tuesday. It's this uh, Tuesday. Yeah. So those, those questions will be answered by the time we come back in here to get ready for Packer week. But uh, uh, it's, it's definitely something that needs to be brought up. And KB, I, I see you wanting to say something. This, because th this is going to tie into my, my Justin Fields thing, because it's, it's not like Justin Fields can't get better at certain things. Now, and it, it's, it's like I said when I first started talking about Bajan, when I said there are certain things that I feel that he does that are better than Fields. Like we say, it's the pocket awareness. It's the, the navigating the pocket. To me, his accuracy, like on pinpoint passes, seems to be a little bit better than what Fields is. That's not to say that my man can't be great because we've seen a quarterback that has the exact same skill set as Fields become a passer. And I wish he, I wish he like, like the Bears could really bring this man in and help him work. And that's Michael Vick. We all seen what the Michael Vick era of the, the, the fucking Falcons looked like. It was what we seen the Bears look like last year. 
Vic had a little bit more help than what, what Justin did. But you seen Vic literally was like, I'm going to, it, it's me against the world. I'm going to beat this team instead of my team beating this team. And then you see he has the time off. Then when he comes back as an eagle, he's, a, he's more refined as a passer. Passes are getting out on time. He's starting to trust his progressions, and he's trusting his old line and the team around him. That 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 is what I wish they we have with Fields right now. I wish that Vic could come in and help him with that. And if he could, then you would see Fields take the next step that we we truly want to see right now. What we what people are screaming about seeing in in the preseason. The thing that I have with the major thing is if Bajit had Fields' athleticism and size and all that shit. Fields would have, Bajit probably would have been a, a, a top 10 pick, okay? That's that's something people need to understand. There's nothing wrong with having a backup that does something better than what your, your starter is doing, especially when you're trying to groom your starter to be that superstar player. Fields is still learning. Just because Bajit can do one or two things does not mean that he's the better overall quarterback because we know damn well that's not true. Bajit can do those two things better. Fields can learn from those two things that he does better. Yeah. That being said, that's that's the symbiotic relationship of a quarterback room. I don't know one of the one of the big things about Vic though when he went to Philly, he had Andy Reid coaching him. That that that's another thing. You know, that, we have. He, Eberflus, the first-time head coach, a defensive head coach, was that starting to worry me? I don't know if we'll get into it today, but you look around the league and everyone has offensive minds as their head coach, and we have a defensive guy. The only other team to do that is the Bills, and it hasn't produced Super Bowls. I mean, I guess the Patriots, if you want to talk about the greatest possible coach of all time, Belichick's a defensive guy. But if Fields does well this year, we're going to lose Getzey to a head coaching job. So you're right back at square one. And the Bears have consistently put themselves in this position. They're running a defense that hasn't played well since we went to the Super Bowl in 2008. Go ahead and ask Lovey how that worked out last year, huh? And actually, to be – and I'm giving – I love Lovey. I'm giving it a little bit of a hard time because, to be fair, Lovey and the Texans defense actually played decently well last year, and a lot of it had to do – I mean, this is just a small, small rant, please. Lovey and the Texas defense last year played a little bit better than expected. And a lot of that came from the Texans having a pretty exciting defensive front. They didn't have any all-star. That's why they drafted Will Anderson. But they had a couple older guys, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Malik Collins, a few others that provided some pass rush. And it that's always been, I mean, that's exactly what we've heard Eberflus and others talk about. That's really what you need in this defense to work because you don't want to blitz. You want to win with four, but then simultaneously, and this is coming from the GM and the coach that say they're buddy, buddy, and they're connected like no other. And I, I want, let me separate the two for just a second. I like the way that polls decided to build the defense, but it just doesn't make sense with the coach. You need to win with four but you've simultaneously decided to build from the back end, the secondary, and then work mm-hmm. on the front later. That doesn't really make sense. And I know that you're going to, everybody's going to say, but he just spent two, a second and a third on two defensive linemen, but he's also and brought in Yannick and Gakwe. 
yeah, and he's trying to patch it with free agents and you know sprinkle little deals on Rasheem Green and uh, you know seeing what Travis can do and let's bring in Terrell Lewis and a few others, which is fine, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense with the defense that you're trying to run. And you traditionally you would build it from the front and then you'd have, and like I said, it's okay. But like when you think about the cover two defense, you want these tough corners that'll just jam you at the line, disrupt you. And then you have a great defensive front and four that can get home to the quarterback. By the time that that jam is done and everybody's in their zone, the quarterback is either being pressured and throwing into his own where the cornerbacks had the eyes on the quarterback the whole time. Or he's on the ground being sacked because your receivers never got off the line in time. Yeah. And they've built some of that with the corners, but you've not seen it come with the front. And to your point, AC and KB, when you're talking about running a de- having a defensive coach, you're always going to lose the offensive mind. That is absolutely true, and that's a cost of it. And this is where it just feels like one step further in the wrong direction. And I put this on Twitter yesterday, but if you were going to hire a defensive coach, because that's just what you do and – Oh, you know, we had an offensive guy, Matt Nagy, it didn't work, so we got to go defense. It's, it's it's not even just the Bears, it's a league thing. But even if you decided you had to go get a defensive coach, could you have gone and got one that wasn't just a retread of you trying to go back to the glory days with Lovey Smith and the 2000 Bears and realizing that that game is left in the past 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. And I had, what I had said is because I don't, I don't expect anybody to watch Vikings football. Brian Flores. Brian Flores. I knew, I knew where you were going when you started. Brian Flores <laughs> lit the Cardinals on fire yesterday. He Brian Flores took a team that was trying to tank in Miami yeah. and won ball games. Like they That's were a- objectively trying to get the number one overall pick, tanking AC, for two. AC, that is a coach, a defensive coach, that he he would lose offensive coordinators too. So it doesn't fix the problem. But he at least runs a revolutionary defense. That to KB's point, I was tired of seeing all this lazy-ass zone. They play man. They ask a lot out of their corners. Oh, wait, you're investing all this money and investment into corners? It would make sense to play that type of defense if you're going to build it from the back to the front? And it's fine. that Things happen. It's already done. It is what it is. But it it does just feel like – I don't know. I, I hope I hope I, I hope you guys put this on replay, cut it out. I hope make I'm a wrong clip. too. Pull yeah, like, clip. <laughs> put, pull a clip, but – I just don't think that this is going to go very well. Um, I just don't. And I know we saw it in, in with the Colts once he got it all built, but like, I'm also tired of hearing people say, we're just like in year two out of a three-year rebuild. And But the league doesn't move that slow anymore. You aren't really given that much time. It's, it's actually one of my least favorite things in the NFL right now is that we're now even got to the point where quarterbacks are microwaved. If you draft a quarterback, he's got to be ready in three years, you know, you're you're it's Zach Wilson. They put all the pieces around them. They it's Trey Lance. You got you got to be ready to go right now. It's but that's what the league is. I mean, I watched Joe Burrow be the number one pick, and in his second year, they ended up going to a Super Bowl. And I'm not if he wasn't hurt, who knows how far they would yeah, and I'm not saying that that's what has to happen, but what was because the la- the story last year was the Bears have all this salary cap, they're just they're wiping all the debt away. Mm-hmm. They're going to go hard next year. They have the number one pick. They got all this money. Okay. And I'm not, they haven't put, the, this is what I love about Ryan Poles. They haven't put themselves in a bad spot. Right. But you also, fortune favors the bold. And I don't necessarily know what the Bears have done bold 
when they've spent some money, they sprinkled a little money here. They paid a linebacker top four money off the ball. You're, you have this old archaic defense. You're not building the defensive line well. Your offensive line is, I don't want to say in shambles, but it feels, it still, it still feels it's in shambles. It's, it's in shambles. But. Who's playing center? <laughs> Dieter Iceland, who's been on the practice squad the last three, four years? Who's playing guard? Tevin's in a walking boot. You got a one-armed white hair. You got Leatherwood, who was released by the Raiders. And the other guard doesn't want to practice. So you got Jatire Carter, who's played well. He's he's held his own out there. Your right tackle, who I believe in, has ankle issues now. Like, we're in shambles. And we'll see. I, they All they keep telling us is they'll be ready for week one. That's all we hear. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, you, you you want to know if you've got the quarterback or not, but if you don't have the protection, there's no way to know if you've got him or not. You could have Joe Montana or Tom Brady or whatever, whoever your goat is at quarterback. You could have had him last year behind that offensive line, and we would have won two or three games. Justin Fields won games by himself last year. Justin Fields tried to win more ball games than that. We were putting up, we were like leading the league in 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 scoring for like a whole month, and we lost every one of the games. Like, and, and you got a defense you coach, but you can't play defense. They're gonna tell you it's because they had JV talent on the defense, and we'll see if that changes this year. But I, it's the tough part about trying to build it too with rookies. And I mean, we can, we don't have to spin the clock around back to Chris Jones, but like, that's kind of the issue is I'm asking Andrew Billings and Justin Jones to be the spine of the defense. But I also, if, and it's not a problem, but if Andrew Billings or, 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 um, or Justin Jones don't hold up, it's not like Tremaine Ed, Tremaine Edmonds, his biggest problem is that if a blocker gets attached, it's over, it's game over. And TJ Edwards is a good story from Philly that we're hoping turns into something. And then on the outside, you've got Jalen Johnson, who's a great, great player. I think he should be resigned. But Tyreek Stevenson is going to go through some growing pains. Hopefully, Kyler Gordon looks like a good nickel this year. Eddie Jackson's a year older. Is he still going to be as good? He's coming off the leg. We'll see. And Jaquan Brisker hasn't played in, in over a month and has had a history of concussion. So, I mean, it's tough. And like I said, I don't mean to make this the – I'll get off of it. I know it's a gray, gloomy day in, on Bears land. But it's just it's, – it's one of those things that – fourth a whole training camp in three weeks of preseason i don't feel like we got a lot from it if that makes sense like it didn't it didn't i mean it was uh, the best way i put it is this you know when you're hungry and you have snack food and they're like well have some real food because that's like empty calories you need to get some real sustenance what i feel like, like maybe the- some bugles or something yeah like what i feel the- hey man chill out bro <laughs> chill out bro <laughs> What I feel like the Chicago Bears offseason has been is like bites of non-sustenance. Like just here's a little snack and it's, oh, it's DJ Moore's screen pass for a touchdown. And we got the number one pick and we traded it back. And, ooh, we finessed the Eagles for a fourth-round pick because they took Jalen Carter and we took a tackle. The tackle's not even playing. And, I didn't want Jalen Carter. So. I know, but I'm just – and I'm. it's just it's these funny things like, okay, but where does it come together? Right. And – I get somebody in the chat earlier was like, Give, you got to wait till like three or four weeks in. And you do. But I also, I, what I don't like is this pass being given. 
Like, it's okay. It's all fine. I'm like, it's not, though. The quarterback hasn't played exceptionally well in preseason. He didn't get a lot of opportunities. The offensive line doesn't look healthy. The defense is missing quite a few players, and we're hoping. You keep telling me, like, it's week one. Everybody will be healthy, but this is – we all know how it goes. You don't just show up to the job one day after not doing it, and you're playing exceptionally well. You have to have reps on it. You have to have experience. You have to get into a group. And so you're going to tell me that the O-line is going to be together week one and the secondary is going to be together week one. I, I'll i wait and see, but I'm not. you're not going to call me shocked. It doesn't, it doesn't come the way together it should. Well, I mean, I think Darnell Wright will be ready week one. But he hasn't played a ton of snaps when they did play him. And he's nope. a rookie who was playing next to a first-second-year first, second year player. Like, Nate Davis was supposed to come in and give him, like, okay, this is what you're going to see on this. This is what you're going to see on that. And I don't know if Nate Davis has been in their meeting rooms. I'm assuming he has. But it's different than being on the field with each other, standing next to each other. Your livelihood is is directly connected to theirs. You know? I mean, I, and I hate to be coming in here and being doom and gloom. <laughs> We're getting ready for regular season. It's not, man. We just now, we, we yeah, just talk about what we see. Going on there for a reason, and then I come in here and fucking, I'm in a bad mood. I'm sorry, guys. I, no, you're not. <laughs> and I'll let Chris talk. But to what KB says is, it's I don't even know if it's doom and gloom because, like I said, we we spread some positivity on on Bajent and, and DJ Moore and things of that sort. But at a certain point, you do have to call it as you see it. And yeah. like I, I mean, here if you want to try to try to do a different method, and I'll start with Chris, but like. What is the most positive thing that you saw over the last four months? And like, give it to the chat because if this is my yeah. point, I think we're trying to do what we've seen. And if you don't think that that's true, tell me what I'm missing. Tell me what I should be like uber excited for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 so difficult in in the off season when it's training camp because you have that thing of how well is the player be doing in training camp to you know which we don't see. And then, and then, what, what, and then when these the top sort of first team players get so little reps in a game situation, it's so hard sometimes to sort of scout it. But um, I was like really positive until all these injuries started happening over the last sort of three months, over the last sort of two months, sort of thing. You know, I was really sort of confident about the Green Bay game, but just that offensive line and just how Justin looked really, just he just looked. I don't know, compared to Berger, Berger just looks like he'll control it. Just, just looked like everything just looked a bit fast for him. I don't know why. And um, But it's, um, yeah, it's just the injuries that have really sort of spoiled the, the start of the season for me a bit, thinking what we could do. But, I mean, you've got to remember that we only won three games last year. So, I mean, I'm thinking, I hope we get to maybe eight or nine. And if we win nine games, that's like triple... The performance what we did last year so um, I think you know if we can sort of sneak into the playoffs or whatever maybe but you know it's it's still a re- uh, is it a rebuild I don't know anymore it's still a part of the rebuild anyway <laughs> well what's the biggest offseason thing for you KB if we we just saying offseason uh the biggest off-season thing would, since the end of the season till today. To, 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 honestly, it, it has to be the trade for more. 
that to me yeah, that is sorry, the biggest yeah. thing. I don't. He he was what you needed. Well, he was one of the pieces that you needed because we needed a wide receiver. We needed a we needed an edge rusher. We needed a rushing D tackle. Uh, shit, we needed a middle linebacker. Uh, so there was a lot of things that we needed. It was nice that we were actually able to fix a position. You get somebody who's a solid. He's a solid one to me. He's he's in the top. You know what I'm saying? Twelve wide receivers in the league. That to me that can that can't be argued. If you want to say it's an argument for ten, whatever, dog. I'm not even trying to get into it. He was what you needed, and you got him. You needed the right tackle. You got you got a you got a tackle. Uh, but the biggest the biggest thing so far has been the acquisition of more and what his potential impact would be on Justin Fields' development. To me, that's the biggest thing that's happened this offseason. You, you just take the low-hanging fruit, man. I teed it up for you, and you knocked it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> you just say, oh, you going to leave it to me? I'm going to take DJ Moore. Then. Hey, man, look, I, I know he was like, man, he got all the kids over there talking. We're going to get him the easy one so he can say what he got to say and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's at a daycare center. I don't know if y'all know. <laughs> um Chris, I loved what you said about. I mean, I was I was high hopes until the injuries started hitting, and like I said, yeah. I got tired of looking at my phone last week. When every time yeah. I looked at it, it was another bear going down, and all they'll tell us is they'll be ready for week one. I, I, Lord, I hope so. I mean, I just yeah. I really yeah. hope so. Uh, the the man, what's the biggest thing of this offseason? I mean, it's got to be DJ Moore. I loved our draft pick. I'll get on that for a little bit. A lot of people were upset that we traded out. We didn't take Jalen Carter. We took an offensive tackle. Look, we needed an offensive tackle. Everyone knew it. Look how Justin Fields ran for 1,100 yards last year because he had to. The guy had no one around him. Now we brought in DJ Moore to help with that. We draft an offensive tackle to also help with that. We pass on Jalen Carter, who comes with a lot of red flags, and I've said it on here many times. I watched Jalen Carter come down here to Lexington and put up one solo tackle like against a rebuilt offensive line with Will Levis, who loves to hold the ball too long, waiting for something big. I I mean, he's he, I, I expected Aaron Donald. I expected Chris Jones. I expected a dominant defensive tackle, the way people were talking about Jalen Carter, saying he was the best prospect in the draft. People were saying that. Like they said, B. John Robinson was probably the cleanest prospect in the draft, but they said Jalen Carter was number one on the draft board with with everything with it. Like I expect a dominant performance every week from him then, and I didn't see it here in Lexington. He looked dominant in the SEC championship, but he didn't look great against Ohio State. He probably looked great against TCU, but, I mean, TCU scored a touchdown on him, I think, maybe, if I remember the score correctly. Like – Darnell Wright is the right pick. Darnell Wright is my – I put my Tennessee hatred aside on this draft pick. I hate <laughs> I hate that pumpkin orange. All of them some snitches, some low-down, dirty bastards. I don't know if y'all have seen it. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Hey, they can't be low-down, dirty bastards and snitches. <laughs> no, they both <laughs> But I will take – Right tackle. If there's something that you draft from Tennessee, offensive line, defensive line is a solid <laughs> bet. Even in their down years, they had that. And this guy gave up zero sacks last year. Now, granted, their offense is quick and 
quirky and all those things. But when when you ask Will Anderson, who was the top pass rusher in, in, in the draft last year, who was the hardest guy you went against? He said Darnell Wright. Without skipping a beat, he said Darnell Wright. Like, I mean, where else are you going to go with your draft pick? I liked Paris Johnson a lot, but he's more of a left tackle to me. Jordan, you like Dewan Jones a lot. That's your guy, and he's balling out in preseason. But I'm happy with our number one draft pick. I think he's checking all the boxes. I mean, the guy was the guy was working out and looked at the wrong paper. He was doing the wide receivers workout to get ready for for the combine for offensive linemen. Like that's athleticism. I couldn't do that. I remember we called it when I was in high school, we called them jingle jangles where we had to run up and down. I think it was 40 yards down and back. They had all the skill players go and then they had the linemen go. My big ass was running with the linemen. <laughs> I was not running with them because <laughs> they had a different time for each. But uh, I mean, for an offensive lineman to be able to do that, kudos to him. Uh, I'm going to look through the chat on what other people are saying now. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's a few people talking about it. I saw like Bajan and Rochelle. There's been a few good moments. And I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I the, the right answer, let's be clear, is I think I'll call it, it is the DJ Moore thing, but I'll just call it in general. And it's not all been perfect, but it's much more off season competence, if you want to call it that. Like there wasn't some trade in this for a seventh round pick for Nikhil Harry this year. There wasn't like, we're going to sign Dante Pettis off the, off the field to make him a starter. So it felt like there was more of a plan, and that should be the case when all of a sudden you have resources and money. But I also think – and it's, I'm always going to be this this salty guy, and I'm going to make a joke here, but I'm not I'm not serious. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you said it, AC, like you picked the right tackle. You just picked the wrong one because um, Jones. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding in a way because <laughs> – I understand that Dewan Jones would not fit this scheme, but it also just kind of comes back to like, and this is kind of the, the Dexter at, at three tech and Pickens at one tech is sometimes you just let a player play where they need to play and you leave scheme alone and it's okay. Um, I, I, I don't find that. I'm, the joke is that I'm, I'm rescinding my bears fandom. I'm coming out as non-committal. I'm, I'm non binary I'm just rooting for every, every single NFL team <laughs> like Brian Flores, the defense in Minnesota, I like what they're doing, uh, you know. With, with oh, them. Jordan, come back, come back to us, Jordan. No, 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 come, no, mate. <laughs> I mean, I see like I see MMA tip here saying like I trashed the front office and coaching staff so much, um, and I've already accumulated so much. I mean, I guess it's just. I mean, if you're a Bears fan and you don't question, it your should front be the, It should be critical. Are you really a Bears fan? <laughs> I mean, this, is my, this is my whole thing, and, and this is why I joke like I'm leaving. I'm not leaving, but. I, I am just – at some point we have to be honest as fans and go, but when are we tired of mediocrity? When are we tired of, like, just another rebuild a year, just another quarterback reset? Another another Come on. So – and the last thing, I see, I see Adeptus here saying, like, did I get a chance to evaluate Leatherwood or other I, IOL depth? Uh, I did. I like uh, – Leatherwood is, is an interesting case. Um, he's, he's actually probably been one of the, the ones I've been watching more in preseason. I like Leatherwood a lot. I do. Uh, he still looks messy. Uh, and it's, it sounds like I'm, I'm about to crap on the guy. I think he has a spot. I think he should be on the team. I also think it, some of that is absolutely pedigree. And I don't mean to make it just because he was drafted in the first round. I didn't think he should have been a first round pick. 
I thought he should have been somewhere in the late second, early third. That was a that was a John Gruden call. Yeah, <laughs> but I I think that to be fair, you don't I don't think you'd find talent like him on the street. So when you have the ability, you've already claimed him. Keep him on the roster. You need an interior offensive line, and yeah, he's. He's looked a little messy with like slipping or falling, just just having missed assignments, mental errors. But he's also had, excuse me, he's also had moments where even when he's slipping, the other guy's on the ground and he's not. Yeah, he finds a way to just put people on the ground, and it's messy. Like he's had some some of the linemen basically at the foot of the quarterback, but he's pancaked them by that time, so they're not a threat. And you don't really want any defensive lineman near your quarterback, but he's looked okay. And I think he's fine at guard, and I'm never going to get this adeptus. And I had a little spat with Greg Gabriel this yesterday over it. But to me, like this is in a perfect example, and I'll, I, I think this probably will cap how I feel about yesterday's preseason game. I actually like Kellen Deesh. Kellen Deesh was the tackle out of um, – I think he put it as uh, – One of Arizona? So he was at Arizona Texas, State. So he was at Texas A&M, then he went to uh, Arizona State. He's a very light-in-the-pants offensive tackle. He doesn't really have great arm length. They tried him at left tackle yesterday, and I'm cool with it. I like Kellen Deesh. Kellen Deesh was getting worked yesterday. And the whole time I'm going, Alex Leatherwood has 34-and-a-half-inch arms. He was playing for the college football's best program up until the last year and a half with Georgia coming coming into play. He was playing left tackle for the most well-known coach in college football, the most successful college football program of the last 20 years, playing a premium position there, and was winning awards for playing left tackle. And he's coming to the NFL, and you've never let the kid play left tackle, ever. And I'm not telling you he needs to play left tackle to, to replace Braxton Jones, but what the whole point is is that you just saw that Braxton Jones was out because they were trying to play who's after him, and they didn't have a good answer. And to the people that are saying, like, why you need to relax, it's just preseason, this is part of what I'm talking about is it's not that everything has to be in solid stone by the end of preseason. You're always going to have kinks to work out. But you would think that if you're not going to be playing the starters a lot, which we've talked about, I think they should have played them more, but fine, you didn't, then I would start thinking that you'd have some of these answers really clearly ironed out behind those starters. And I'm in the third preseason game and I'm watching a guy like Kellen Deesh get beat. And I'm just sitting there and I've been on this track for a few weeks now, but I'm like, why is Alex Otherwood not given a chance? And the only reason Greg, Greg Gabriel resident, you know, college scouting director for the bears resident scout here in the barroom network was sitting there going, Alex Otherwood will never have a chance at left tackle. He wouldn't make it. He's just not good enough. And I, I disagree because, like I said, he's come from all this program. But more importantly, what the tape is showing me with Alex Leatherwood is that you heard Tevin talk about this last year when he went to guard. He said it takes him getting used to because it's all very condensed. You're in a phone booth. There's a lot of things moving. I have to account for the box count more. Who's coming up for the blitz? On a tackle, I'm more on an island. And so I really just have to worry about the overhang defender or my defensive end. And – I'm not telling you that Alex Otherwood's going to be an all-star tackle. But what I am saying is he looks okay at guard. He obviously didn't look great on the right side. He's now back on the left side at guard. He looks better but still has some issues. Why not just try – it's preseason. It doesn't matter. This is the time to put a guy like Alex Otherwood out at left tackle, and he hasn't. And they won't. They must see something I don't. But 
Adeptus, I, I hope that that answers your question. You're asking about like, was there actual development from Chris Morgan? I have to, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not a huge, like, I, I think there's a lot of, he, Chris Morgan would not be on my top five offensive line coaches in the league. But to, to be fair, I do think that you've seen some development. You've seen Jatiree Carter come along, Braxton Jones. He had plenty of warts last year, but he looked good for what he was. Tevin Jenkins adapted to, to guard better than, better than most. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't recall any spectacular reports coming out of training camp with Darnell Wright was healthy, but I imagine he'll be fine. So I don't. Chris Morgan's not my first problem in this in this Bears offensive coaching staff. I think he's fine. Yeah, I like Leatherwood where he's at. Honestly, I mean, I, I'm a big Braxton Jones fan, though. Uh, I think he's uh, put on some muscle this offseason, Hopefully, to deal with the bull rush a little more. Uh, but Leatherwood, you put him in a phone booth, like you said, Jordan, when you broke it down there. This guy was winning awards at Alabama, who was winning titles, who has the best, arguably the best college coach since Bear Bryant, you know. So, uh, I mean, you you, you kind of take that for what it's worth. And I think that's probably what John Gruden saw and why he decided to take a chance on him in the first round. Uh, I, I like him at guard. Um Honestly, I'd rather see him at guard. Well, I don't know. I, I'm fine with white hair. I just wish his hand was good. I was I was happy with him at center. You know, uh, the last time he played center, he was I don't know if he was an alternate, but he went to the Pro Bowl <coughs> with uh, Trubisky as his quarterback. So I don't know, but I, I mean, we've been on here for an hour and forty minutes. I think it's about time we close this thing on out, and <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll come back Packer Week big. Uh, America's game of the week breakdown. Uh, we're going to take next week off and then, and then we'll come back for that. Unless y'all want to do a show with cuts, but I, I don't know. If, uh, if we have anything significant or new significant yeah. claims. If a trade yeah, comes see or Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the plan as of right now is to come back in two weeks and talk bears Packers. Mm-hmm. KB girl, dad down there. I'll let you start mm-hmm. us off and us out so that you can uh, go back to feeding your daughter. I appreciate that because, uh, yeah, all the cuteness, she she going to start rubbing these cheesy fingers on me. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first of all, like always, man, love you boys, man. Uh, seen seen a lot of engagement in chat. Seen a lot of things spoke on about uh, other pods and shit like that. Hey, man, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you all this. The one thing we will not do, I'm not going to bash nobody else. I'm not ever going to talk shit about nobody else's podcast. I'm never going to talk shit about nobody's family. To me, it never gets personal, all right? That being said, I know my brothers on here echo that same sentiment. We talk football, and that's all we're about. Uh, After that, you know what I'm saying? I know we ain't necessarily – you happy you got the cheese, bro? You clapping? (laughs) (laughs) Man, uh, like I said, we – this – I'm not going to say it's super family-oriented because, yeah, we do get dirty, but at the end of the day, we're all family men, and that's 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 what we all put first. Uh, lastly, what I'm going to say, man, thank you to all the fans that do team, that tune in. Like I said, we're not paying nobody. We're not forcing anybody to get on here with us, and y'all get up every morning, y'all answer the bell, man. So we appreciate the hell out of y'all. Uh, lastly, man, and I think I said lastly already, but I'm saying it again. Shout out to everybody on the on the in the barroom, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep putting out all this great content, man. I know all you don't always catch it, but it, it is great content that is being passed out. It's great knowledge, whether it be baseball, basketball, or shit, just shooting the shit that you get. Don't point at them. 
Don't point at that. <laughs> Bullshit on your hat. Don't, don't do go. <laughs> but like I said, it's all it's all love and it's all it's all great content that's being put out. So we thank y'all. We thank the fans and thank everybody that's on the pod. I appreciate y'all, man. Love y'all, man. Love you too, brother. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, fellas, always a joy. Um, even when we're and I, I promise I'll try to. I'll, I don't know. Maybe this is the problem, guys. You guys wake me up at six thirty in the damn morning to be on the show. You're gonna get cranky, <laughs> Jordan, from time to time. Like it's. Hey, um, I, I gotta have your insight on here, though, Jordan. I, I gotta have it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. That we got to see a, a rare side of AC today. He does not like Josh Heifel. Doesn't like Tennessee. Like, <laughs> low down, dirty bastard stitches. <laughs> so. <laughs> I appreciate Man, it. Gross. Yeah, those, those, those rascals, those, <laughs> those scallywags. But no, uh, fellas, I appreciate it more than you know. This is always a joy. We will find, I promise, promise, as much as it sounds negative, when there's positive stuff to talk about, we do. Uh, we did a little bit of it today. If you're if you're skipping around, mm-hmm. try to find the Bajan talk. Um, we let off D- with DJ Moore. I mean, yeah, DJ Moore, was, it was all very mm-hmm. positive there. So um, we'll be better about it, and uh, we'll do a show next week if for some reason there's some crazy trade or something we need to talk about. But I don't really think I need to hear about, you know, Kellen Deesh or somebody being cut, and then they picked up, yeah, you know, John Hink- Jingleheimer Schmitz from so-and-so's. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think we need that. Um, but we will now see. If we pick up John Michael Schmitz. Schmitz I mean. yeah, yeah, that's just something. <laughs> but uh, if we – if, you know, if not, we'll see you all Packers week. Chad, I appreciate you all being here. It's fantastic. Um, always glad to – to serve and to entertain and um, fellas, I couldn't do this without you. So I enjoy it. And everybody have a wonderful week. Bear down. Bear down. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say that, um, you know, first of all, it's always down to you boys. You know, you know, the reason why I come on this show, you know what I mean? It's, it's like I've got to know you boys over the last couple of years and it's just a highlight of my week when I get a chance to talk about Bears football with you boys. Well, I think the best thing is, like, next time we talk in two weeks, it's going to be proper football. So it's not going to be none of this. Well, what ifs? We're going to be commenting on things that are actually going to be happening now. So uh, all the sort of theories can all go to bed and we're going to be watching proper football. Uh, but also this week, I've seen another side of Bears see as well which uh i never thought we're in usc you know what i mean hey, so it's, well, it's, well, it's, college, well, it's college football season now man i, I watched a little bit <laughs> last night, by the way the irish that shit was really cool to see them playing out in ireland i'll, I'll get to it in my show oh in dublin know. yeah yeah. No, 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 no. Well, say, so, yeah, sort of a side of AC today. So, uh, we'll have to be a bit careful when we go out uh, in Chicago, AC. <laughs> but uh, no, thank you to everybody in the chat. Everybody have a great week and have a safe week. And uh, yeah, can't wait for the, for, the, for the season to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll follow your all sentiment. Definitely, thank you for coming on here with me this morning, letting me vent a little bit get a little bit of Tennessee frustration out. I don't let the bear out of the cage that often, but uh, I mean, when it comes out, it comes out swinging and there's not a whole lot I can do about it. Um, definitely everybody in the chat, Jay Grizz, Matthew Fochizzi's here every week. Taurine's here every week. Frank Hacks was in here today, even though he Bobby Foster, uh, Foster cover awesome. all, all the regulars and the, tell your friends about it. If y'all could, Hit the like on your way out. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. Share it. Do all those things. Subscribe to the ballroom is the number one thing you got to do. Because if you're a Bears fan, if you're a Cubs fan, go Cubs go. If you're a White Sox fan, if you're a a Blackhawks fan, 
I mean, we cover all Chicago sports here. And if you're subscribed, it'll let you know when we're live, which is awesome. Uh, and, and so definitely like, comment, subscribe, um, all those things that you hear on all of the shows. Uh, Cubbies are shooting for the playoffs, so that's fun to watch. That's what I've been watching. Also, shout out to college football coming back. I watched the Irish uh, play the Navy yesterday while I was smoking some wings, which was uh, those. Those came out beautiful. That is not <laughs> the way I saw that coming out your mouth. I was like, wait a minute. No. You was doing Chicken what? wings. <laughs> your, boy, your boy ain't got down with that stuff since high school. And, uh, I, I, actually, I actually, go off on a little tangent here. Uh, my birthday, I tried it, and I got sick as a dog, like, throwing up. So I was like, I guess I just <laughs> ain't hang no more. I don't know what the, do- what the deal is. But I'll just drink from now on. But, Edibles, uh, man. He won. Uh, we good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't like to test it. 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 I I made some ribs last week. Yeah, How were the ribs? Ready. I have to ask oh, before we get out of here. How were the ribs? Actually, um, I, so I did the three, two, one. I did the three hours while we were on the show. Yep. Then I got off and I wrapped them and I put them back on and I had to cut grass. So I'm cutting grass while it's while it's going for the two hours. I go back to my smoker and I got an error code and I'm like, what the hell is this? So I open up my hopper and I've got pellets in there, but they were all on the back wall. So I had to push yeah, them all down, down yeah. refill it, start it back up. Man, I didn't get to eat my ribs till like eight hours later because they were smoking for so damn long. <laughs> we don't have to, this, is not, this is not the barbecue podcast, but like or the smokers podcast. But I got to tell you, I guess you'd have a million smokers podcasts depending on what you're talking about. But I, I would be, maybe we'll, we'll come up with a segment because AC, I laugh and I'm, I'm just like shaking my head because for anybody that's out there, smokers are supposed to be this really easy tool to barbecue. They're almost like set and forget. They feed the pellets into it. You have some fancy ones that give you like Wi-Fi to like set the temperature and stuff. I'm not kidding. I have a smoker too. I've had it for a while. I have never, ever had like an easy cook. It just doesn't exist. Like (laughs) either you'll put it to 450 and for some reason it's fire coming out the top. Like there's just more heat than you want. Like it's feeding too many pellets. It's it's just a it's it's supposed to be easy and it's the hardest thing ever. Every time I cook ribs, hey, see, I do the three two one method as well. I'm not kidding. It's like a twelve to sixteen hour process. Oh. <laughs> I start at like six in the morning. Well, because you gotta you're seasoning yeah. them, you're spraying them with the apple juice. You get your little mop, your brush. <laughs> I just thought they're out. It is a passion. <laughs> I just. We're out because 16 hours is far too long for one thing. <laughs> uh, it gives you, hey, if you throw something on there that's going to smoke for six to eight hours, that gives you plenty of time to get a couple brewskis in. Yeah, but, uh, good point. Yeah, good point, mate. Yeah, so so I definitely I want to get back on the college football thing. It was really cool to see the Irish. Uh, it was disrespectful what y'all did to our, our Naval Academy, but uh, it was really cool to see them. <laughs> they were just beating the hell out of them guys. But I told my wife, I was like, man, Navy's just happy to be there. I don't, <laughs> they're all gonna go out and get drunk anyway. But uh, anyway, uh, so that was really cool. I tried to watch USC last night, but they were only on the Pac 12 network. How do you have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner? playing in his first game of the year on week zero, and you don't have it on national television. 
What is that? They weren't playing anybody, but boy, oh boy, did he look good. Yeah, Caleb bro. Williams Kill, looked good. Killfolk had four touchdowns, bro. <laughs> look, I'm not, I never advocate for my mans to fail, all right? But if it was the way that motherfucker could come to Chicago. Nah, he's about to be uh he's about to be in Arizona throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. with they'll pull they'll call Lincoln Riley to come be their head coach as well and try that all over again, probably. So they look pretty bad. And they got the they got the Texans first round pick as well. So they got that going for them. Uh man, I've completely gone off the rails here. I was trying to do shout outs. Uh yeah, so so as I said, the show fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, subscribe to the subscribe to the ballroom. <laughs> you get your crosstown cross talk where we're talking Cubs and White Sox, mostly Cubs because they're playing meaningful baseball um, in a really fun uh, pennant race that's coming down to the wire. Every game matters. It's really awesome to watch that. Um, talking Blackhawks, uh, a lot of that is Vinny Parisi. I mean, that guy just works every day. It seems like uh, he definitely. Uh, and and I usually listen back on Spotify, but uh, he 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 he's a good dude. I'd love to have him back on here, um, definitely. But uh, so yeah, subscribe to the ballroom, like, comment, do all that, all the things. Uh, but uh, let me get up here so I can close this out. Uh, we'll just leave everybody until then with a bear down. Bear down, everybody. Bear down. Bear down.